The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Randy Williams, also known as the Generation Changer, is an entrepreneur and author committed to developing the next generation of leaders. As an entrepreneur, he has gained national media attention for his company, Tally and Twine. Tally and Twine was created to disrupt the stagnant and uninspiring watch marketplace. Tastemakers, trendsetters, and trailblazers will appreciate their clean and classic designs. It also satisfied a need in the marketplace for aesthetically pleasing watches that resist the status quo. Family, let's welcome Randy Williams to the Minding My Black Business Podcast. Welcome, welcome to Minding My Black Business. Minding my black business. All right, family. Welcome to the Minding My Black Business podcast. And today we have such a special guest. You know, it is always cool for me uh, when I get a chance to connect with other entrepreneurs in my area. And so today we have Mr. Randy Williams of Tally and Twine, who is joining us. Um, and I have so very many questions for him. But before I get into my questions, I won't be rude. Um, so welcome, Randy, to the Mind of My Black Business podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you today. Absolutely. And I am as well. Um, so could you please introduce yourself to the family and let them know where they can find you? How you doing, family? Um, my name is Randy Williams. Like she said, owner of Tally and Twine. You can find me on my company's website, tallyandtwine.com. That's T-A-L-L-E-Y-A-N-D-T-W-I-N-E.com. And that's at Tally and Twine as well on uh, social media. Perfect. Perfect. And so um, I'm going to include uh, in the show notes all your social media accounts so that they can get connected with you as well as the website so that they can see your wonderful product. So you um, are the creator and founder of Tally and Twine and you have a brand of watches and men accessories and also some for women as well. I think I saw that too, right? Yep. Just, yeah. just released last month. Yep. Nice. See, I'm, I'll be paying attention. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the watches are gorgeous. Um, so I'm going to need y'all to go check out the, the website for sure. And wasn't the thing that was really distinctive to me about the face of them was the number seven on the face as opposed to like six, nine, three and 12. What what is the story behind behind that? Um, well, it's twofold. Okay. Uh, number one, I noticed that all of the successful brands, uh, particularly in the watch industry, have an iconic um, face to the watch. So uh. it's one that when you see it, you automatically know what type of watch it is. You don't really have to ask. Uh-huh. Uh, so you got you know Rolex, Movado. You can go down the line. There's some that you can just recognize from looking at it, and then there are others you got to ask what type of watch is it. Um, so being a small company, I want it to be a company where if somebody saw it on your wrist, they would automatically know that was it and help push the brand forward and kind of spread awareness about it. Because the guys that I'm going up against, 
Um, yes, you can call them my competitors. We're not even close, but you can call them. Yeah. For now. But you can call them my competitors. They're 100 years old, you know. <laughs> Rolex right. is over 100 years old. Uh, so I wanted to kind of get a, have, create a way to stand out. But the uh, the other meaning to it is that I, I also wanted to build something that was uh, significant in terms of the meaning behind it, not just some symbol that you pull out of the air mm-hmm. that people think is cool, but something that actually has symbolism and meaning to it so that when you look at it, you're reminded of that. And for me, the number seven represents completion. Mm-hmm. Um, as an entrepreneur, we start projects sometimes, we get shiny object syndrome. We mm-hmm. chase stuff around, uh, whatever the new hot thing is. Mm-hmm. And when I started Italian Twine, I said to myself, this is something that I'm going to see through to the end. This is something that I'm going, a project that I'm going to finish. I really believe in it. Uh, so it was a reminder for me. And I also thought that, you know, for my future customers, it would be a great reminder, too, to always finish what you start. Mm, I like that. You have a lot of symbolism in the things like that seem like some of the foundational pieces of the business. So the number seven, even the name, um, Tally and Twine. Um, so we are in Virginia, but other people are not in Virginia. They have no idea what that means. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you explain to them why Tally and Twine? Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, and I'm, I'm originally from Georgia. A lot of people think that I'm from Virginia. Ah. I'm going to hear the story about the company, but I'm actually from Georgia. Um, but I moved here, and this place was significant because um, it was one of the first areas that my wife and I moved to. Mm-hmm. But Tally and Twine is actually an intersection. Um, and this particular intersection is like right in the middle of what used to be this notorious uh, housing project, you know. And I heard about it when I first moved here. Mm-hmm. Everybody was telling me, man, how bad it used to be. I mean, it used to be horrible over here and this and that. So I heard all these stories about how bad the crime, how bad the drugs were. Mm-hmm. And now this whole area has been changed, has been transformed to single family homes. So now you have families that were uh, in the surrounding areas and it's given people opportunity to become homeowners now. Mm-hmm. And so we got all these black families in this area and it really has transformed the neighborhood. And so to me, Italian Twine represents the way that that you don't have to finish the way that you started. I just remember staring at the intersection and thinking like, man, <laughs> 20 years ago, mm. what would have been going on around me right now? <laughs> right, <laughs> you right. Know, right now we got trees and, the, you know, dogs are barking, birds are chirping. Right. But 20 years ago, man, nobody in that neighborhood would have thought that it could come to this. Right. And so to me, that was just very inspiring. So I, I thought that Italian twine would be something to hang the hat on in terms of saying that, hey, you don't have to finish the way that you started. Mhm. Right. You don't, and uh, other people might sort of misinterpret or underestimate you um, based on what where they're seeing you in your journey right now, mm-hmm. as well. So, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, I, I love that. Okay. So, what I think I read somewhere that you um, kind of started an entrepreneurship like under the age of ten, like you knew <laughs> um, oh, as a as a very young person that. <laughs> that being an entrepreneur is what you wanted to do. So what, like, what drew you to entrepreneurship? Yeah, that's, um, hearing you say that, man, that's weird. But yeah, it is, <laughs> you know, being an adult now, and I actually have a daughter now. Yeah. But, you know, just starting that young, back then I just knew that I wanted to um, be a businessman. 
Mm-hmm. That was my definition of it. I want to be a businessman. And I, I knew that the people I saw on TV that was that were doing that, they had suits on. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were doing well. Yeah. And, you know, when you grow up and you don't really have a lot of stuff, you look for ways like, okay, this is going to be my key to right. making my situation better. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I, you know, if you go to school and you get picked on by, by about your shoes and your clothes, you know, mm-hmm. not not that I was wearing anything with holes and everything. It's just that I didn't have, have the name brands that they had. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right, uh, right. So I, I began to, I guess, looking back on it, I began to look for ways to, okay, this is what I can do to change that. Mm-hmm. And so I just started um, figuring out little ways to sell stuff and <laughs> different little, mm-hmm. now I can call them business ventures. There you go. Uh, but I was just <laughs> trying to make the pocket chains and buy candy and stuff like that. <laughs> right. So you are far from that space where you're trying to buy candy. Or maybe not, because I do like a good, you know, hot tamale. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what keeps you in entrepreneurship? Because this is not an easy task. It is not. No. People people ask me that a lot, man, and I'm like, most people would be surprised at my answer. Ah. Um, but this sounds weird to a lot of people when I tell them this, but I am terrified of being normal. Mm. I'm afraid of living a mundane existence. Mm Mm-hmm. Because when I got out of college, my life was so different from what I had, what I thought it was going to be. Hmm. I was commuting. I was sitting in traffic. I was nine to five. Somebody was telling me that I only had 30 minutes to take a lunch break. Mm -hmm. And I was looking over and seeing people who had been with these companies for 10, 15, 20 years. And they were still doing the same thing. And that terrified me Mm -hmm. to know that (laughs) starting right now. You know, in my 20s, I could be doing this for another 20 or 30 years. Right. And I could be struggling and being paycheck to paycheck for another 20 or 30 years. And that was terrifying to me. Mm. And so for me, like entrepreneurship is not like I do it because it's exciting because it is exciting. Mm-hmm. But the main motivating factor to me is I do not want to uh, be a part of. Um, I don't I don't want to be regular. I don't want to do what everybody else does. I don't want to have a regular life. I think that's just a waste to, um, a waste, you know, of potential. And I think a lot of people waste their potential and they just sink into something because they believe that it, it's so easy to do it because everybody else is doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes your normal. I didn't want that to become my normal. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> I get that a lot as a fellow entrepreneur, um, sort of wanting to be in a space where you can work optimally, that you are doing projects that you're interested in, um, that you can um, sort of move forward in ways that you don't necessarily have to get approval, uh, that you can, you know, stick your claim in the community in the way that makes sense to you. Um, and so there is a lot of freedom, a freedom in that, uh, yeah. which, which I know I can appreciate. You know, one of the things that I've, I've noticed as I was, you know, reading up on you and telling Twine and doing my research is that community um, seems to mean such a great deal to you. And I so appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, and 
like even the way in which Tally and Twine started, um, you know, sort of birthed out of community and the and the crowdfunding that you did um, to start the company. One of the things that I have heard from entrepreneurs as I'm starting to work with them more and more is entrepreneurs are leaders kind of like you were saying when you were younger sort of seeing these figures with their suits on and having it all together uh, but the flip side of that sometimes is what I'm hearing from entrepreneurs is that they experience a level of um, almost like business loneliness or isolation um, mm-hmm. because particularly if you're like the head of the company uh, then there are certain moves that you have to make you know you have to step out there and it's just you um, and so how do you, how do you manage sort of some of the isolation that comes with entrepreneurship, whether that's working late hours or whether that's having to make steps and then informing people later or, um, or just being able to have sometimes looking for other spaces to bounce things off with other entrepreneurs. How do you, how do you manage some of the isolation that happens? Um, honestly, man, I'm still managing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for me, luckily, you know, isolation has never been like a a big hindrance to me or something that I'm uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy spending time by myself, mm. you know, it just as well as I enjoy being social. Right. Uh, so, you know, I can be just as introverted as I can be extroverted. So um, both have been, you know, beneficial for me. But when I started out, I was super isolated. Mm. because um, I was so focused on getting the company off of the ground. Um, I had just been fired and this, I needed it to work. And mm. so I, this is all I was doing. I wasn't interacting with people at all mm-hmm. and having a small company, you know, I didn't have anybody working for me. So I just did everything myself and I spent very little time interacting with anybody else. So, and I know before for the call, we were talking about, connect with some other people in the community mm-hmm. and that's something I just started doing and seeing the value in that as well. Right. Um, but I was isolated for such a long time that I kind of like didn't understand how important it was to right. go out and meet people and connect with people. And, and after a few months go by, you're like, Oh man, this person popped into my head. I can do this. And then we can work together and we can collaborate. Right. Um, and so it's been so beneficial since I started doing it again. So to manage that, I just tried to make myself, number one available mm-hmm. for things like this like a podcast and connecting with you yeah. um and and also just find ways to be of service to other people uh and that you know whether it's advice or time or money mm. you know making myself available to other people and continuing to build those connections on purpose because it won't just happen right. <laughs> unless you go out and actually do it so I had to stop saying no to everything because that's what I was doing before. Like, no, I don't have time for that. I'm building my company. <laughs> I don't have time to socialize, right. talk to you. I don't want to go to lunch. You know <laughs> what I mean? I got food at my house. So <laughs> I had to, I had to right. stop saying no to everything and just finally, like, actually come out of the shell yeah. and start interacting with people. And um, it's been great so far. Yeah, I um, – that – you hitting home. It's almost like you're talking directly to me. So, uh, so <laughs> I get that because sometimes it can feel like, well, if I take this lunch, then that means an hour or two hours where I can't, you know, wrap up this project or send these emails. Um, 
when in fact, it, you know, when it sort of feels like you're losing out on something, when in fact you're, you know, sort of building a potential relationship that could lead into all sorts of new ventures. Um, but it is, it is a hard thing to sort of push yourself out of when you are in that very beginning of the building, business building uh, process. So. Yeah, and, and, and also for me, I didn't want to be irresponsible. You know, I didn't want to be one of those people that's like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. And then they spend all day on social media talking about <laughs> entrepreneurship instead of doing it. You know what I mean? Like you're posting memes and you know what I mean? You're posting yourself at events, but your business isn't growing. Right. You know, I don't want to be one of those people. You know right. what I mean? Uh, they're just so happy to be in business that they don't actually do any business. You know what I mean? So I, I, I didn't want to be one of those people either. Right. And that's why I kind of like kept to myself and made sure I mean I got to be productive every day right but from a business aspect connecting with other entrepreneurs and people in the community is also productive you know what I mean right you know not that you go to get something from people you know I try to go go and make sure my heart is right Mm -hmm. and genuinely try to help people and what I found is that in doing that you know those connections are created so it's still it's a win-win it is absolutely a win-win and you also sometimes never know the impact that you're having on others um, because they see you sort of giving of yourself your time giving of your heart um and then you know it winds up in all sorts of things um and in best case scenario with the customer so yeah um you just sort of and can i share a story about that too please please real quick man a couple of months ago like i said i haven't been coming out of my shell but uh this young lady was asking me to do this event um, she had been asking me for a while and I kept saying no mm-hmm. to uh, all the other stuff so I said I'm going to say yes to this it was an event at a high school entrepreneurship okay. fair and um, this is one of the troubled schools in the area mm. you know from, from what I've heard Okay. Uh, so went to the high school and we set up a table with you know my watches and some of my other accessories and the students came out and uh, you know the kids they were just so amazed Mm. And they just kept asking questions like, man, where did you get these from? You designed these? It's your company? And, you know, they just couldn't believe that somebody that looked like me was running a company like this and created these products. You know, it was so amazing. This one guy in particular came up. He, um, he, he looked at the watches and I guess uh, someone asked him, um, it was an adult who asked him, like, you know, well, you have any questions to ask him? What do you think about it? His mouth was just open. Mm. He could. He's like, I just, I can't believe this right now. I'm just speechless. This is a black-owned business. Mm. I, I, he said, I can't even talk right now. And man, that just made me so emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to walk away from the table. Mm. You know what I mean? Because this is an event I started not to come to. You know, I started to right. say no and continue working. Right. And but when you go out and do stuff like that, you realize how valuable it is. Because at the moment that he said that, I thought about myself in high school and how I never saw anybody that looked like this doing right. anything like that. Yeah, I never saw any black entrepreneurs, and definitely not any younger black entrepreneurs. So right. I didn't have a frame of reference from a personal level of this is somebody who is doing something that I can do. I never saw anybody that looked like me. Mm. Um, so at that moment I realized how important it was and I got emotional just thinking about like man you know I've come a really long way but I've got to keep going not only for myself but also uh, for young men like that mm-hmm. yeah um, and that probably will stick with that young man forever um, I hope it does. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, years from now we'll be we'll be I'll be interviewing him, talking about yeah. remember that time. 
<laughs> you were at the career yeah. fair. You you ran into Randy Williams. So, <laughs> so to be full circle, yeah, I think that's I think that's phenomenal. Um, yeah, uh, I sometimes think like it's hard to even kind of like you were saying, think about moments like that when you're sort of doing the daily stuff. And so it does take moments where you're sort of doing mm-hmm. a different activity where you can realize the impact that you're having because um, you're getting, you know, real-time feedback from from people who see you, who see you and all your, your products and all you have to offer. So that's phenomenal. So this actually kind of connects to my next question. You You have some programs for the youth, right? Like Project 1322, is that something that um, it's connected to entrepreneurship as well. Yes, it is. It's um, it's something I started a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I'm so busy right now. I don't, <laughs> I don't really have time. Yeah. To, uh, do a lot of volunteering and spend time with it and structure it uh, the way I wanted to. But it's just um something that I want to do. Passionate about it. Like, like we just said, teaching entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. the young people yeah um and um as the business grew unfortunately i haven't been able to to do a lot of that but now it's more on an individual basis mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. through you know personal connections or something like that right you know and i still do give out you know one-on-one advice to people but i don't have a formal uh program right now that i'm doing um mm-hmm. but i will you know do that again in the future um, in a more structured way right because you know as you start your business you realize like oh okay I, when I had time to do this stuff one-on-one mm-hmm. that was a thing but now that I'm running my business I realize the importance of systems and processes mm-hmm. and maximizing that time and doing it efficiently mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to just you know so that's the thing about um, mentoring is it takes your personal time yes it does and that's one of the most difficult things for me to get right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's one of the things that we have to protect the most as entrepreneurs because it's easy to uh, stay in the office or work a little later, or work a little earlier, work on the weekend. And so, um, you know, you referenced us talking before the interview and you talked about how you protected your weekend. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> do that. Take care, <laughs> take care of yourself. Um, because as long as you are willing to work, there will be all, there will always be work to be done. Um, but if there is no you, if you're not taking care of yourself, there's no business. So um, I was excited to hear that you, um, you know, created some space for yourself and your family, um, even, you know, just for the weekend. Because um, I think that's also a, a, a lesson that black entrepreneurs need to hear, too, that it's OK to take a pause, to, to enjoy, <laughs> yeah. enjoy life um, yeah. as you build your business. Yeah. That's so, another one of those things that's kind of like, I'm um, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, sorry, interrupt. Go ahead. That's one of those things, like I said before, that was um, twofold. Mm-hmm. Is that you know it helps your business mm-hmm. when you take time off and um, refresh and recharge. Mm-hmm. And I think again, entrepreneurs they they face a lot of guilt from not wanting to be productive mm-hmm. or not wanting to be unproductive, so they just keep working and working and working, not knowing that when you take that break and you come back refreshed, your ideas are going to be better you're going to be more efficient mm-hmm. and you're going to be doing things that are going to be more beneficial to the business instead of spinning your wheels you know sometimes you can sit in front of the computer for an hour and not know what you did what, what you got accomplished right yep 
that sounds that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds real. Uh, <laughs> and I know I have definitely been there before. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Randy, I truly could take up all your time by asking you fifty more questions. I'm not gonna do that though, because uh, time is money. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna wrap this up. But before we go, I I must ask you, what does minding my black business mean to you? Oh man, uh, when I first heard the um, that that was the title of your podcast, I was like, just so excited. Mm-hmm. Because it, it it immediately connected with me, man. Minding my black business to me means um, not only thriving as a, a business owner, as a black business owner, but helping others to do the same. Mm-hmm. You know, um, businesses are not just that. They're not just black and white. They're not just exchanging products for money. Businesses move the economy forward. Mm-hmm. And specifically, they move the economy forward for the industries that they care about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, even at a governmental level, these corporations are, are really controlling a lot of the laws that are passed. Mm-hmm. And so, like we talked about earlier, community is so important to me. So minding my black business means I, taking care of my community, mm-hmm. you know, doing good business so that I create a good track record. And eliminate that negative stereotypes of businesses that come after me, um, but also sharing information and knowledge with black businesses so that they grow as well. I love that. I like it. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing your your wisdom with us. This has been fun. It's been fun. Yes, it has been. Thank you for having me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So if you want to know more and you like what you heard, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Also, follow the movement on our website, MindingMyBlackBusiness.com, and on our Facebook and Instagram pages under Minding My Black Business, and on Twitter under Minding My Black Biz. So peace and blessings to us all, family. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, let them know that you're minding my black business.